Hi, it is Dr. John Day. Welcome to the Longevity Plan. This is podcast number 241, the 30-minute rule for longevity. The 30-minute rule for longevity may be, just may be, the most critical factor in determining who stays young and who gets old. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what the 30-minute rule for longevity is and the latest research backing this up. The 30-Minute Rule for Longevity Study. Dr. Keith M. Diaz from Columbia University in New York City recently published his findings on the 30-Minute Rule for Longevity after studying 7,985 people aged 45 and older. Now, he didn't explicitly call this the 30-Minute Rule for Longevity, but that is what he found. In this study, Dr. Diaz strapped accelerometers to these 7,985 people for one week. He also performed many other health tests for these people. After gathering all of this data, he then sat back and watched to see who was still alive and doing well four years later. Results of the 30-minute rule for longevity study. After waiting four years, here is what Dr. Diaz observed in the study. Three findings. Number one, the more you move, the longer you live. He found that it didn't matter your age or how much you weighed. Those that moved the most were the ones alive and well four years later. No surprise here with this finding, as many other studies have shown similar results. Number two, going to the gym faithfully every day can't save you from sitting. Sitting more than 12.5 hours a day, regardless of whether you work out or not, puts you at high risk of an early death. While 12.5 hours of sitting might sound like a lot, it really isn't for most people. Many of my patients are surprised to see how long they are sitting each day once they start tracking it with a smartphone, a smartwatch, or a Fitbit. For example, eight hours at work on a computer, driving to the gym, and your work. And one television show at night could quickly get you up to 12.5 hours of sitting. Number three, sitting for more than 30 minutes anytime puts you at risk for an early death. Interestingly, the most fidgety people in the study lived the longest. In other words, those who couldn't sit still lived far longer than those who were very, you know, they were, they were good at sitting in their chairs. The basis of this 30-minute rule for longevity And that's what it's really all about. If you want to live a long and healthy life, you can't sit more than 30 minutes at a time. So the three findings, again, number one, the more you move, the longer you live. Number two, going to the gym faithfully every day can't save you from sitting. Number three, sitting for more than 30 minutes at any time puts you at risk for an early death. Is sitting the new smoking? Today, I've become convinced that sitting is the new smoking. And by some calculations, in fact, it might be even worse. By just comparing the life expectancy of smokers with that of non-smokers, then subdividing the difference by the average number of cigarettes a smoker will consume over a lifetime, one study noted that each cigarette reduces one's lifespan by an average of 11 minutes. Using similar methods, a different study computed the difference in life expectancy between heavy TV watchers, those are sitters, no surprise, and those who watch no TV at all, the non-sitters, and concluded that every hour of TV watching after the age of 25 reduces one's lifespan by 22 minutes. Yes, according to these estimates, both of which are admittedly crude, an hour of sitting down is as bad for you as two cigarettes. 
that the way I see it then is if you're going to sit down, it really should be for a compelling reason. Even at the cellular level, sitting is toxic for your health. Indeed, one study showed that sitting prematurely ages your cells by 10 years. Of course, correlation is not causation, and untold other life choices that are shared among those who tend to sit for periods of time longer than 30 minutes may account for any changes or factors observed. The overwhelming scientific evidence, though, tells us that any sort of prolonged sitting is simply bad for us. Studies show that even cancer rates skyrocket for sitters. The benefits of fidgeting. In the past, fidgeting was a bad thing. Indeed, children who fidget at school are often inappropriately labeled by teachers as having ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I want to challenge you at looking at fidgeting as a good thing. Perhaps we should all fidget a little more. For example, we've known for nearly 70 years that people who fidget a lot tend to be much leaner and weigh less than those who can sit in their chairs without moving. For example, Mayo Clinic researcher Dr. James Levine has shown in studies that even fidgeting in your seat can burn hundreds of extra calories over the course of the day. Even better is that if these people also get out of their chairs, then, according to his studies, they can burn far more calories. Fidgeting just doesn't save you from obesity. It may also protect your heart and allow you to live much longer. Indeed, a recently published study of 12,778 people showed that the only thing that saved sitters from a premature death was fidgeting. Practical tips. I really believe in just a few generations, we'll be looking back in disgust at how much time our current society spends sitting down. Yet even though there is little that can be done that sitting while you're sitting that can't be done standing, most of us have yet to take a stand. If you are a student right now, I'd love to see you take a stand by asking your teachers, school administrators, or student government to consider how to integrate more opportunities to stand up in the classroom. If you work in an office, bring a milk carton to work and prop it up on your com- prop your computer up on it, and then take a stand by encouraging others to do the same and talking to your employer about purchasing desks that are conducive to standing workers. One place where many of us sit, where standing could be beneficial and even spiritually enlightening is church. You can take a stand by talking to your religious leaders about whether standing services might be an appropriate way to worship. The very first place, though, that you should take a stand is in your own home. If you have a living room that is really more of a sitting room, then you can take a stand by making a place where you're actually engaged in the practice of living. Push back the couch or get rid of your couch altogether. Add a treadmill, an exercise bike, a space for yoga, or even some free weights. Turn your floor into a putting green. Anything that you can do to get off your backside and onto your feet is a tremendous step forward. If you simply can't do any of the above tips, then at the very least, set your smartphone, smartwatch, or even an old-fashioned timer to remind you to get up every 30 minutes or fidget in your seat. Just standing and taking a few steps every 30 minutes or wiggling in your chair may be all that you need to do in order to live a long and healthy life free of disease. Next steps. What is your take on this 30-minute rule for longevity? I'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. Please go onto my website, drjohnday.com. Find blog number 241. Scroll down to the bottom, and there you can leave your comments, post your questions, and I'd love to 
read what you have to say, and I'll do my best to answer every question. Of course, if you aren't physically active now, then please consult with your doctor first before increasing your physical activity. Nothing in this podcast is medical advice. I only share general medical information. Remember, you are the only person responsible for your medical decisions. Well, that does it for now. Uh, Sorry, I got a little bit behind on my podcast. I'm going to quickly get caught up and try to do better going forward. And until next time, keep living better. Thank you for listening to the Dr. John Day Show. Now is the time for you to live better. Go to drjohnday.com to sign up for Dr. Day's newsletter, daily success tools, and more. It's never too late to change.